Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners. And all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and also highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. Hi, welcome to the Table for One podcast. I've got some exciting news and some, well, other news. So I have been doing the Table for One podcast for almost about a year and I've really enjoyed it. But with the break that I took back in uh, March, I think, and then just trying to get caught up, I've realized that I'm done with this. I have an, I've got three more episodes after today's that I'm excited to share and they're great episodes, but I won't be posting any more than that and I actually might be deleting um, this so I can save a little bit of money and invest into other things. So make sure to continue to follow, follow along on Nourish Nutrition blog on social media to get the same really... Um, pertinent information if you're cooking for one, just in different format. So with that said, I am getting to the exciting part about today's episode. I had the privilege of talking to my friend Mimi, who is a dietitian, and she does a great job introducing herself. So I'll just let her take away. Hey Mimi, thanks so much for joining me. I would like to just jump off and have you um, introduce yourself quickly. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so I am Mimi, and I've been, I'm a dietitian. I've been blogging for about eight years. I guess we could call that my full-time thing I'm doing. I used to see clients, and that's kind of how I started the blog, is I was tired of emailing recipes, so I just started posting them there. And then eventually that hobby turned into how I started to make some of my income. And I also had like 800 side businesses. So just to make sure that people know that didn't just happen overnight. <laughs> and then I, yeah, that's basically my main source of income is the blog and I write recipes and create videos and all that. Yeah. You do lots of really fun stuff. It's, um, and that's how we met was through blogging to a, a conference. So. Yes. So yeah. yeah. Well, I like to ask kind of a general question about eating at your house growing up. So could you start by sharing a couple experiences uh, just to show what it was like um, eating growing up? <laughs> yeah. So my mom, funny enough, did not cook at all. Like she would burn canned soup. My dad was the cook. Okay. And my mom, <laughs> my dad like always cooked dinner and we generally speaking ate a lot as a family together. But then when I was younger, my mom went to school when I was actually in first grade. And so she was, she went to medical school. That is important because obviously she was extremely busy then. <laughs> and my dad actually got sick. He had, he's still alive, but he got cancer. And so it kind of like we would just eat whatever people brought to our house because my mom was working all the time and studying and my dad was sick. And then it kind of reversed. My mom started to cook as like her kind of therapy. And so it kind of roles reversed. My mom started to be the cook. And that was kind of when my mom started to cook, I started to help her cook. And it started to become fun kind of as a way to either hang out with my mom or dad, whoever was in charge of cooking. So that's kind of my experience with eating as a child. It was 
everything else was very like, who knows what I was going to eat. Like snacks were, you know, up to me. (laughs) Breakfast was up to me. And I think I always made my own lunch, but dinner was pretty much always as a family or at least in my head it was. That's what I remember. (laughs) That's so interesting. So did, did you and your mom kind of learn how to cook together then? Maybe we did. It's funny because her mom cooked a lot, which I guess is not funny. She probably didn't need to cook because her mom was always cooking. Uh-huh. But yeah, okay. so my mom started, I guess, yeah, we started to kind of cook together. And I would, I liked to look at recipes. So I would help her plan the menu. I mean, I have to give my mom props. Well, not just the fact that she went to medical school with two kids, but she would put a menu, like she would write in her chicken scratch handwriting, put it on a post-it note and like put it on the refrigerator. And that was the menu for the week. And like, that was what we were having. And if you had a problem with it, then you needed to tell her before she put it on the refrigerator. Oh, so, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like fun. I mean, some days we would rotate like spaghetti on Tuesday instead of on Wednesday, but pretty oh, much yeah. all, it was set in stone. <laughs> that's so interesting. I, my mom cooked at my or my house growing up, and oh. she she I would ask her. You know, we talk a little bit about cooking, and and my sister and I like with our food, like how we would feel about food, and yeah, it was kind of the same thing. Like she would make what she made for her and my dad and my sister and I, and we would all eat it, and it was it was fine. I mean, obviously that's a way oversimplification, and it's not like that simple, but, um, it's possible to, you know, for kids to just try adult foods and, you know, coming from two women with not that don't have kids, obviously we're not like experts in that, but it's possible. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with that, but anyways, (laughs) that's funny. I definitely made my mom pick the mushrooms out of the spaghetti sauce when I was a kid. And now I'm like, Oh, I feel all sad for me. I'm missing all those mushrooms, but Anyways, (laughs) yeah, isn't it weird? I don't know if you had this experience, but um, I I was kind of a picky eater, but not like I wouldn't eat things. I would just pick whatever foods off that I didn't like, and that happened for such a long time. And then we've already talked about this, but then I did a study abroad in Spain and lived with a family, and they, you know, I mean, we ate what they ate, and so. I learned to like mushrooms. I learned to like like green peppers and a lot of other foods, but I did not learn to like uh, tuna or hard boiled eggs. And those I can't, I still can't do. But sometimes it comes down to just being forced to eat those foods. And, you know, I mean, being in an open enough place where you are like going in open minded and then learn to like those foods because you have to try them to like them. So, right. That's very true. Yeah. So it's fun. That's a good way to like. You've got to learn how to like this food or at least tolerate it. Yeah. <laughs> that or nothing. Well, and it, it just showed up so many times in like on my plate and it wasn't something that I could just not, you know what I mean? Like if it's, yeah. at, you know, with your immediate family, you can kind of play around with whatever it is that you're eating, but at somebody else's house, maybe a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk a little bit about cooking for one. So are, are there any aspects about cooking for one that you really like? Oh, yes. Well, I think there's like probably two things. First of all, I like that, that it's, you know, no one else makes the decision but me. (laughs) So So it's basically up to me to decide, which also can be the reverse of something I like. It's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? Yeah. But I, I like that it, you know, it doesn't matter what someone else thinks about what I'm eating. And then also I love that, you know, I'll, 
a lot of times when I'm making or testing a recipe for the blog or just making any recipe, it usually serves four. Mm-hmm. And I love that I can cook that one time and then I have three more meals after I eat the first meal. Mm-hmm. And so like my freezer, I probably need to get like an extra freezer because <laughs> my freezer is my best friend. Like I think if you cook for one, the freezer can be like such a huge, like so helpful because I just freeze everything and I freeze it like in individual glass containers, which make sure that you don't microwave something frozen in a glass container immediately because it could break. But that's neither here nor there. Um, and that hasn't happened to you, I'm guessing, right? No, definitely <laughs> Not never. <at> all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I love that I can just like make one thing and then I have it for later. I'm a big fan of leftovers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think if you're cooking for one, it's a huge advantage if you like leftovers. But I also like the creative aspect of like reinventing a leftover. Um, it probably goes back to my mom because she used to do that, like going back to spaghetti. <laughs> um, we would always have something like a stuffed something after we would have the spaghetti sauce. So she would always make twice the spaghetti and the, or the, the like, you know, meat sauce. And mm-hmm. then later we would like the, another day of that week, she would stuff bell peppers and put cheese on top and then. I don't know what kind of carb we would, we would do. Oh yeah. Garlic bread. And it would probably be leftover from another night. So I always like the kind of, not the challenge, but the like fun of how can I make this a little bit different and not do a lot of work, but not eat the exact same thing four meals in a row. Yeah. That's such a good point. Cause from, I mean, I like leftovers to a degree, but I mean, if you're making a recipe for four to six or ends up being like bigger than that. I can't handle eating, eating that same thing for more days. And I think a lot of people are that way. So having ways to use up the specific like sauce or whatever in different ways, uh, can really make things a lot easier without having to rely solely on leftovers. Yes. Do you, yeah. So are there, is there anything that anything else that your mom made or that you make to like use up to like repurpose other things that you've made? Oh, that's a good question. A lot of times I'll do something like add extra stuff, like add extra beans because for example, if it's like a chicken dish, Mm -hmm. then I usually eat most of the chicken out. Okay. (laughs) Like the first round or so. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh man, this is just like sauce. Uh So I'll add like a can or two of like chickpeas or black beans or something. And then, it, I mean, yes, it still has the same flavor, but it doesn't feel like the same. Um, we always, the stuffed thing was like a pretty much without question what we were going to do with leftovers. We were oh, going to yeah. stuff a tomato or a bell pepper or spaghetti squash or something. Also, I love to turn things into some kind of like egg dish. Like I'll do like a frittata and I'll just put like random <laughs> leftovers in it. Or what else do I do? Fried rice, some kind of stir fry. Those are usually my go-tos. Like at the end of the week, I'll usually just throw everything into a skillet and be like, mm, what can I put in here now? It's so. so true. And and I don't know about your experience, but with mine, those can sometimes turn out really good. Oh my gosh, they do. And you're like, oh my gosh, I am a wizard. I just made something basically for like leftovers were free. I mean, they weren't, but Otherwise, they were going to get thrown away. Exactly. And then I added a 97-cent can of beans, and I am amazing. 
it's I'm brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I like that. I'm going to write that down. Um, (laughs) and your idea to add beans, I haven't even thought of that before. That is, that's really, that's brilliant. I do that almost every time I, I do get takeout. I rarely get takeout, but when I do, I always add a can of beans or something like some kind of something that makes it like stretch a little more. Like maybe if I have cooked quinoa, I keep a lot of cooked grains in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Like I said, love my freezer. Yeah. And it stretches it so much. So then you're like, okay, I know I just spent $18 on this meal that I could have made at home for four, mm-hmm. but at least I'm making it stretch a little longer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I always take leftovers home, even if it is just a small amount. Cause you can add, like, right. for example, I had to buy a huge big thing of greens for okay. for my blog. And so I'm like, oh, I have to figure out how to use that. And I've been throwing it in pretty much everything. And that helps, you know, it helps it stretch it out. And same thing with yeah. grains and beans and a bunch of other ingredients. So that's awesome. So along that same line, are there any other ingredients that you found to be helpful to make, like to stretch um, leftovers, whether it's from a restaurant or something that you've made? Oh, now I'm like, oh no, I I think I've exhausted my whole list. Um, (laughs) That's okay. I mean, that's so pretty much like beans or grains or vegetables. Grains or veggies. Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty universal. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does. Oh, what was that? (laughs) I was going to say, or cheese. Or cheese. Yeah. Sometimes I like, I think one of the things I make the most is I'll chop up a potato and roast it halfway and then I'll just put whatever leftovers are around it. And I'll also do this with tortilla chips that are going stale Mm -hmm. and I'll like toast them for a minute or if it's the case of the potato, you know, like roast it halfway Mm -hmm. and then cover it in the random leftovers in my kitchen and then cover it in cheese. And it's almost like nachos or like roasted potatoes covered in amazingness and then put salsa on top. That's such a good idea. Another one I do. I need to cook potatoes more often. That's something that I don't utilize a lot, but they're always, they're such a great base for things. That's a good idea. Yeah. And they last a while in the, like on your kitchen counter. So yeah. It's so yeah. true. Um, that's such, okay. I'm just like writing notes. <laughs> uh, that's, that's such, a, that's such a great idea. Um, let me think. So let's talk a little bit about go-to dinners. Is there anything that you, what do you usually do when you don't have anything planned? Do you make something at home? Do you grab certain takeout? What what does that look like for you? I, like I said, I rarely do takeout just because I always have something that I can come up with. Mm-hmm. I mean, same. it's not usually gourmet and it's not usually fancy. Um, but it usually ends up kind of being something along the lines of like cheese or potatoes and then, you know, a cheese covered something. Um, I always have canned foods. Mm -hmm. I know you said you don't like tuna, but one of my favorite things on the planet is canned tuna and then salsa. Or if I did get takeout or something like hummus or tzatziki sauce, I always just mix whatever sauce I get or whatever sauce is in the fridge. Usually it's hummus um, with the canned tuna. Or you can do like leftover shredded chicken or if you have frozen shredded chicken, that too. Um, Salsa is kind of my, one of my go-to like canned tuna and salsa. I like them together, but also separately, I use those a lot as my helpful things to make a meal. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really, I have this salsa lentil soup that I make a lot because I always have lentils in the pantry. I always have salsa 
And it's basically just a bunch of vegetables and I just use whatever I've got. And then some lentils and a jar of salsa and, you know, chicken broth or water, whatever you have. Mm -hmm. And it's really good. It's just, of course, it's really filling because lentils are so full of fiber and protein. But I just, it's one of my, it's another good go-to meal. And spoiler alert, it freezes well too. Yay. That's (laughs) awesome. Like that freezer. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a, that's a good point. And that sounds really good. Is that just on your blog? I'll just grab the link for it. Yeah, I actually have it on that blog. Okay, awesome. I mean, I'll look that salsa up. Is, salsa is my probably another – salsa in the freezer. I'm going to love those two things. Yeah. Yeah, same <laughs> thing. I've I've been trying because I got to the point where I couldn't fit anything else in my freezer. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, and so I've been trying to cook more out of it. And I have, like, outside of recipe testing, I haven't had to buy any groceries outside of, like, milk and recipe testing for the past yeah. couple of weeks, which is really nice. I mean, it's not like I'm oh. not spending money because I already did, but I'm – you know, we're not wasting the food that we have to then spend more right. money on more food. So exactly. it is, and it's, and it's kind of a fun challenge to mm-hmm. try to figure that out. <laughs> exactly. It yeah. is a fun little challenge. Do you, so speaking of salsa, my mom has this amazing salsa recipe and she uses, she uses a food processor to make it and I don't yeah. have one and I've tried it in my blender and it turns out terribly. Do you, so with that preface, do you have a, spe- a favorite salsa brand that you buy or do you make your own? I don't have a favorite salsa brand. I usually just buy whatever is on sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I like to change it up. Like sometimes I'll do like salsa verde. So like the green one uh-huh. or black bean and mango salsa or, you know, I mean, I live in San Diego, more jardin, <laughs> not right now, but usually, <laughs> and they always have like tons of creative salsas. And then I do actually have a salsa recipe and <laughs> it's made with canned salsa, canned tomatoes, yeah. which sounds weird, but you know, like I said, I love a good can and Sometimes I want like a fresher tasting salsa, especially if I'm eating the salsa as like a dip and less as, you know, like something to make soup with or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's just an onion, which is another vegetable I always have in my kitchen. And I think it's cilantro and maybe some garlic and then the canned tomatoes and either like lime juice or apple cider vinegar. I've tried it with everything and it's just so delicious and it's so easy, but I've made it in... Not the blender, but in that like smoothie blender attachment. Do you have one of those? You could try that. I don't, huh? But I should oh. play around with that because I, yeah. so my mom's recipe uses canned tomatoes as well. And oh, honestly, really? okay. I mean, unless it's tomato season and you're grabbing them from the farmer's market or your right. backyard, like I, tomatoes are so disappointing. So I think, at 100%. least in my mind, I feel like the canned ones are usually better. Do you feel that way too? Or are they just better in 100%. San Diego? <laughs> No, 100%. I'm not actually don't love tomatoes. Oh, okay. Um, but I love cooked tomatoes, but uh-huh. I don't like fresh tomatoes unless they're just really good. Like in the South, like I grew up in Alabama and I lived in New Orleans for five years and there are some amazing tomatoes there, but only in a huh. specific window. And it's like late July, August, maybe sometimes in September if you're like super lucky. But yeah. otherwise, tomatoes are just nasty, and I feel so sad when I forget to say no tomatoes on something. Yeah, and then I'm you like, have to like, pick them off, and they don't. You taste just like wasted anything. space, and you wasted this mediocre, mealy, off-white red tomato. 
Right? Yeah. I, I mean, after having tomatoes from a garden, I mean, there just nothing compares to it, unfortunately. So at least, at, at least you don't have to, we don't have to waste our money on those if we don't like yeah, them. Yeah. And, and hey, canned tomatoes are a great alternative. They really, yeah, they taste really good. So true. So, well, okay. I actually want to go back to the salsa thing again. So you, you talked oh, yeah. about adding apple cider vinegar. Are there any other, um, ingredients that are a little bit unexpected that work well in salsa? I'm just asking because I think that's a substitutions are a little bit daunting for a lot of people. So to have some ideas, if you don't have, um, lime juice or something else that traditionally would have. I usually do just any sort of something that's kind of citrusy or tangy, I guess. What's another word for vinegar? Just honestly, I've used every single vinegar Mm -hmm. that you can think of to make the salsa. Um, I'm one of those people that if I, when I go to the grocery store, or even when I order the groceries online and I have my list in front of me and I'm like double checking, mm-hmm. I always forget something. And me too. I mean, and I forget something when I'm cooking every time. I actually did a video this fall or I filmed it in the summer and I was making chili and I was like, okay, now add the onions and the bell peppers. And I didn't even, I didn't add the onion and I realized it like halfway through. Uh-huh. So it's just like, that's just <laughs> very classic. Something that I do every time I cook is I always forget stuff. And yeah. so I really will just use whatever I have in the kitchen and usually, and always have multiple different types of vinegars, but any mm-hmm. vinegar will do for salsa. That was a really long story to tell you that any vinegar works. <laughs> well, no, no, but I think you hit on um, something else to show that like, even if you don't follow recipe exactly, it, I mean, it's going to turn out fine. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think if any, okay, if you're making something baked, like some dessert and you forgot the sugar, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But when it comes to cooking, I mean, you might have to adjust it later and you usually can, but you know, you might find that it's totally fine. And then you have to worry about one less ingredient in the future. Right. And I think that's a perk of cooking for one is that if you have a slightly very strange dish, you can be like, okay, well, this was a good experiment. I know that I do not like this, but uh-huh. like you can, you know, usually fix it, but you would always feel just like a little bit self-conscious when I'm making it for someone and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot the onion or whatever. And I have to like come up with something else. I did it the other day. I was at my sister's and I was making something and I, what was it? I think I like the ginger I bought was rotten that all of the garlic I was using was like molded. It was one of those days where just everything was going wrong. I accidentally Uh used six times the amount of cumin that you're supposed to. And (laughs) (laughs) luckily she doesn't update her spices all that often. And it was expired by like five years, but so it wasn't that flavorful. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't tell actually like it was actually really, really good, but (laughs) one of those things where if I'd been at home, I would have like not cared at all. Uh-huh. And even though it was just sister, it's like, still you kind of feel bad because I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, you had to pretend that you liked it. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have to pretend she likes it. But, she you know, did. you had to eat it. So when you're by yourself, it's like, well, all right, I guess I can add some rice to tone that six times cumin down, you know. <laughs> That's such a good point because it gives you more flexibility for things to not turn out well. So it's either you can right. continue to play around with it and to make it a little, you know, make it edible or better or whatever, or you can 
you know, throw that out and then have cereal for dinner or grab takeout or whatever else. And there's just a lot less right. pressure on that. That's a really exactly. good point. Yeah. And it's just good. It's refreshing to hear from other people, particularly, you know, people whose jobs are to create recipes that it happens <laughs> to all of us. You know, like you don't just get to this point where you like don't burn food or you don't, oh, you know, like forget an ingredient. Like it happens to all of us. <laughs> or misread the recipe. Oh. I was like, wow, this is a lot of cumin. <laughs> oh, I know. The same that happens to me. I'm trying to remember. I was making I was making a queso recipe that I developed uh-huh. with my oh, sister. Yeah. I mean, it's been a little bit since this happened, but I, you know, it was like, oh, I've made this before. It's fine. I briefly looked over things and I made it totally wrong. But it, I mean, the texture wasn't the best, but it tasted good and that was all that mattered. But, you right. know, I mean, we're, we all don't pay attention to things, I guess, at the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> you know, one teaspoon, two tablespoons, same difference. Same thing. Same thing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, struggles with feeding yourself. Is there anything in particular that you find to be generally, you know, a little bit more hard when when it comes to cooking for one or any thoughts? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I kind of, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, which was one of the reasons I liked it, but it's also a reason I don't like it is that I'm like, oh, I have too many ideas. What am I going to make? Mm -hmm. And I take for, and then kind of going along with it, I take forever to do everything. If a recipe says it's going to take 15 minutes, it's going to take me an hour. Like it takes me so long to do everything. Like it's going to take, it takes me 15 minutes to chop an onion. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where that 15 (laughs) minutes goes. But inevitably, it takes me 15 minutes to do it. I mean, and I chop a lot of onions, still. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I feel the same way, too. I think it's interesting how that happens because, you know, you, I am all about making food quick and easy. But at the same time, like, you get into that zone and it's kind of relaxing. And then all of a sudden, you're like, it's been an hour. Yes. And yes, I'm about and to like, fall over because I'm so hungry. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, can I eat raw onions? I mean, I'm so hungry. I <laughs> might eat a raw onion. Not on this <laughs> like, onion. Yeah. I saw um, my cousin do that one time, actually, eat an, eat an onion funny. like an apple. It was, he's funny. <laughs> Anyways. Funny. That's really funny. Um, but yeah, so I think one of the things that kind of frustrates me is I kind of get sidetracked a lot. So I'll be like, oh my gosh, I need to plan dinner. And it'll be, you know, like 4.30 or 5. I'm uh-huh. not hungry yet, but it's getting close. And then after an hour of me trying to figure out what I want, and then I'm like, mm, I don't know. I'll think about it in a second. It's only six. And then next thing you know, it's like eight. I still haven't decided. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, now I got to cook something, which is going to take me another hour to an hour and a half. And you're already, and you, real, and then you realize because you were hungry. Like, okay. The raw onion is sounding good right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that's something that frustrates me. Uh-huh. And then. I also like, yeah, I just get sidetracked. So, and it frustrates me sometimes that I mess everything up. And, yeah, <laughs> That's so funny. Well, and yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I've learned to like realize those things about myself For sure. and to kind of like roll with it. So have you, have you found anything to help like embrace that or to make that work for, for you? And if yeah. you haven't, that's okay. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, now I just laugh at it because I'm like, uh-huh. this is so typical. Um, <laughs> but I usually, if I am chopping, I talk a lot about the same things. If I'm chopping an onion yeah. and I know that I'm going to cook something later in that week, I'll just chop two. Uh-huh. So then I'll just put the other half in the fridge. 
And then that way in two nights or the next night or whatever, usually after two days, I put it in the freezer. Mm -hmm. But whenever I'm like, have a lot of spare time or I'm already doing something, I usually go ahead and try and do something else for the next week. I love the people that meal plan, but that is so not me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I don't meal plan. I don't meal prep. Like, there's just, it's not happening. Um, I wish I was that kind of person, but I'm not. And so instead, I'm just like, okay, I'm chopping this onion. I'm making something else with an onion this week. I'll chop two more. Mm -hmm. So I usually do that, or I keep back to the freezer I keep already thing like stuff already in the freezer and I usually try and keep a few meal like standby ingredients that I know that when I'm like oh my gosh I am starving I need food in 20 minutes that I have those ingredients like already in the pantry or already in the freezer Mm -hmm. so I can just kind of throw it all together that's such a good idea I you know I can relate to that a lot I the whole thought of you know like prepping ahead of time, like spending half of your weekend prepping food. No, yeah, I'm either doing something or I'm sitting on my butt and I'm not, and say, I'm not I would prepping. I so much rather been Netflix. I, I'm no shame in that. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Me too. And so I, I, I'm like you where I found it to be super helpful to batch cook or prep those ingredients because you've already got the, the knife out. You're already like in the zone. It doesn't take a whole lot longer to cut, you know, to cut up the whole pepper or the whole, you know, another onion or whatever. And then, and it, that helps you like not waste that food because it's ready to use as opposed to like having to take the extra step when you're not feeling it another day. Right. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's makes such a huge difference. And I mean, it takes time for things to actually cook. So if you, you know, are spending that time waiting, cooking or, or prepping something else for later, you're not spending extra time. You're just, you know, doing that as opposed to, right. I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. My main thing is like, it's one less thing I have to wash. I Uh love washing dishes. I think that's another thing Mm -hmm. I don't like about cooking for one is there's no one else to wash the dishes. Um, so yeah, if you're chopping that onion, then you don't have to pull out the cutting board or the knife again. It's done it. So true. (laughs) So speaking of dishes, do you have any tips for, making that easier. Cause I, I'm that way too. And I know a lot of people are, especially cooking. Oh, for one. I don't really have any good tips. Mine is usually more along the lines of like, I'm going to cook everything in this one pot. Yeah. I'm just force feeding. I'm forcing it. It's all cooking in here. I know it doesn't say I'm supposed to, but I am <laughs> like, you're supposed to boil pasta. No, no, no. It's going in this dish. I'm just going to add some water. <laughs> so well, I think that's a good point because a lot of there's kind of these traditional ways of preparing ingredients and it doesn't uh-huh. have to be that way. And that's another one that I've heard from multiple people like you're making pasta, just add it to whatever and make sure there's enough liquid or just check on it. And right you know, you don't have to take that extra, the extra time and the extra dish that you then have to wash. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah I, I am. Uh, I, I love like they're expensive, but they have lasted me for so long and they're so worth it. Like the Le Creuset pots. I have this Mm -hmm. like French oven one. So it's, it's not like as round as a Dutch oven. It's just kind of more oval shaped. And I don't think that thing ever gets put away because I literally use it for everything. And good idea. I just, it's like, I just cook everything in it. I only basically only use it. Um, (laughs) and that, 
is a really good one because you can, you know, like cook the sausage or whatever and then stick it to the side and then just cook it, cook everything in the same pan. And I, if I am cooking separate things, I'll see if there's a way that I can cook it all in one pan and in what order it needs to go in. Like I wouldn't cook the eggs first because that would get weird and like stuck to the pot if I was going to cook something after it. Does that make sense? That's so smart. I never would have thought of that. So you're using a large like pot essentially to cook, you know, a couple of different ingredients for the same dish in that. Is that what you do? Yeah. So I use one that, yeah. And the nice thing about that pot, I can like send you a picture of it, but it's not super big. Mm -hmm. Um, You probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not huge. I mean, it probably like most, it probably serves four to six people, but it's nice because I totally just lost my train of thought. Oh, it also goes in the oven. Yeah. So then if you need to put something in the oven, you don't have to get yet another dish or another pan. That's a good idea. Like casserole dishes don't need to be, like I always, you know, I love to make macaroni or something and then it's Mm -hmm. like transfer into a baking dish and I'm like, oh, no way. I'm putting it and keeping it in this pot that I just made the cheese sauce in. Yeah. Forget that. So true. Well, or if you're me, I'm just like, screw that. I'm not putting it in the oven. It'll taste well, good on know, its own. Yeah. If you have a topping, you have to do that. Cause it does got it. a I huge mean, difference. A cheesy, crispy, bubbly topping. Like that's worth the extra bake, <laughs> but not to transfer. You know? Yeah, totally. I'm not. Yeah. Cause those big pots are a little bit harder to clean. Um, if you've got a couple of them and they yeah. literally take up all of your counter space too, but yeah. Anyways, that's a, those are such great. That's, that's such a great tip. I never, I didn't even think about using one larger um, pot pan. Yours is like kind of a, like in between the two, right? So yeah, I mean it's so smart. it's probably like the second smallest size. So it's not mm-hmm. that big. It's just like the right amount of surface area, mm-hmm. so you can cook things, but also bake it. It's just I should, I love that pot. I'll include a link. I'm pretty sure what you're talking about. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today. It was so fun. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that you weren't able to bring up? I don't think of anything other than, did I mention that I love my freezer? Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's the best thing. (laughs) That's awesome. And then share how people can find you on social media. Oh, yeah. So everything is my name and (laughs) it's Mimi spelled with ease not eyes. And it's not, it's M-E-M-E. Everyone wants to call me meme, but I'm like in 87 when my sister nicknamed me Mimi, internet memes were not a thing. Um, so yeah, it's at Mimi and so M-E-M-E-I-N-G-E. And that's pretty much everything is Mimi and on Instagram and my website is the same. Yeah. Well, that makes it a lot easier for sure. So, well, thanks so much. It was great talking to you. Oh, yeah. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to the Table for One podcast with Rebecca. Continue the conversation over in the Table for One Facebook group. Find recipes or work with me over at nourishnutritionblog.com. Or actually, the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram at nourishnutrico. And you can click the link in my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week.